Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 191, episode four of The Daily Zeitgeist, oh, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. <laughs> this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Welcome to July, everybody. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. My pod host has a first name. It's J-A-C-K-O. My pod host has a second name. It's B-R-I-E-N. Oh, I love to listen every day. And if you ask me why, I'll say... Because Jack O'Brien has a way with his TDZ, a.k.a.s. That is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man. Uh, I am sitting crisscross. <laughs> applesauce with a little broke-ass fishing rod in my hand in honor of the original commercial. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I cry for Mexican pizza. <laughs> Taco Bell took it from the menu. All on my worst days, I don't have my snacks. Will it return now? I don't know. But shout out to Christy Yamaguchi, man, for doing the exacta two food-based AKAs. And look, wow, wow. Oh, I missed the shit out of the Mexican pizza. And it's hard to have. How long has it been gone? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's it's enough. It's hard enough when I have to over-explain trying to make a Mexi melt to the person at the drive-thru and do it in ingredient by ingredient. I mean, it's fine. It is what it is, but... You know, I, I feel like we can come back and feel good about this. Mm. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very talented actor, comic, and podcast host. Uh, his debut comedy album, Light Skin Feelings, was rightly named one of the 10 best comedy albums of the year by Vulture. You've seen him steal scenes in shows like Insecure, The Boys, Bless This Mess, and Keenan. And his podcast, My Mama Told Me, on iHeart and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network is one of the best things we've done as a network. We are honored and thrilled to be joined by the great and hilarious Langston Kermit! Whoa, what an intro. God What's damn. Up, man? Hey. No lies detected. No I, lies. God, that was beautiful. I was going to make a joke about needing to sing an intro for myself, but then I... My heart was a flutter, <laughs> and I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> this is a oh, pleasure. Man, this is, I mean, yeah, thrilled to thrilled to be. This is my first time having you on the show, even though you've been on, I think, twice, twice. already. Right? Yeah. That's right. You've dodged yeah. me every time. I've been time. dodging yeah. you. You know, pre prepping. There's been a. It's been like a long workout montage of me. It just seems like rude to call you a draft dodger, but it also <laughs> seems appropriate. Somehow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wasn't up to the challenge. You know, I didn't have the courage. Uh, it's like, I don't know about barbershop discussions. I'm going <laughs> to learn about them so I don't make a fool of myself. Miles That's was true. skeptical every time that uh, you were coming on. And I would call him with bone spurs in my feet. Yeah. He's like, what, what does that have to do with podcasts? You got flat feet and bone <laughs> yeah, spurs. Yeah, and bone spurs, man. My bone spurs are really making it difficult for me to sit with headphones <laughs> yeah. on. Exactly. But you would come back with a really nice edge up and fade. And I was like, what the, where were you at? He's like, I'm just edge up. Uh, I don't know. My uh, doctor prescribed uh, a nice haircut for yeah. my bone spurs. <laughs> what's, what's new, man? Oh, I'm I'm hanging. You know, I uh, just wrapped uh, Head Writing Pause with Sam J. It's a very fun show that people should watch. And yeah, now I'm just back in the bullshit. What's Back that show? in the bullshit. 
It's a it's a show on HBO starring uh, comedian Sam J. She's uh-huh. very funny. She mm. throws a house party every week and and talks a lot of shit. And it's a late night show. Oh, oh dope. damn! Yeah, it's cool. What's it and called? It's a goddamn shame that no one's ever heard of it. It's called Pause because that's, yeah. how, that's how marketing works with black shows. Yep. <laughs> damn. There it is. How long? Yeah, I mean, I'll say it. <laughs> uh, but like, when when did it uh, come out? We aired uh, May 21st, so we just had our final episode. There's only six episodes, but it just uh, wrapped up last week. So uh, we had a beautiful run. What a gorgeous run that you guys missed. But if you haven't seen it, you can stream that motherfucker on HBO Max, and that'll solve all my problems. Yeah, we'll do that right now. Yeah, man, you are. I, I like left writing out of the the list of credits, but you're also like a head writer. You have multiple careers that people would have. Jack, I've tricked a lot of people into letting me do stuff. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. I hope to expose their ignorance and uh, somehow still continue to trick more people. What's go. the biggest jig you got where you thought you weren't, you were not as confident and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I did that. I literally was not qualified to be a head writer before I was named head writer <laughs> of anything. <laughs> And uh, for some reason, these motherfuckers fell for it. And it, it seems to be working out. But who knows? Do you think part yeah, yeah. of it, though, too, is like, you know, like we think there's a specific, you know, skill set that you need or a, a whatever you have to do. And really, like, I feel like a good head, right? Like you just you have you're the have the ability to identify good ideas and nurture the good ones and filter out the bad ones more than like, yeah. how many rooms have you been in on your way? Yeah, here? I look when Liam Neeson. When he got on that phone and he said, I have a specific set of skills, (laughs) you don't, he doesn't know for sure that he's going to be able to murder all of those guys, right? Right. (laughs) There's a part of him that's like, maybe I'll get my ass kicked by a few of these people, (laughs) but he has to speak with a level of confidence that suggests he can murder everyone. And I think that's uh, my approach to to comedy and and performing in general is like, no, I'm going to murder. And then probably some of y'all are going to beat the shit out of me. confidence is what it confidence man is what we'd call you we gotta sell it all right uh langston we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're gonna tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about we're talking about another crisis at the border being manufactured by the republicans Uh, we'll talk about why trump might be in trouble after all Um, we'll talk about that lady that caused the tour de france crash they finally caught her but man what a what a legend and most importantly of all, we'll talk about that Clifford the Big Red Dog trailer drop. Hell yeah. All of that, plenty more. But first, Langston, what is something from your search history? Oh, this was fun. For the podcast recently, I had to look up uh, the history of black men wearing dresses on television. <laughs> Just uh, historically, how frequently that happens and right. uh, where it, it, it all comes from. And so that was a fun unpacking of whether or not this is rooted in some sort of terrible racism or just niggas being silly in their costumes. You know what I mean? <laughs> or misogyny. Yeah. Like which one is it? Yeah. What, what, homophobia. What There's a it? lot of fun to to find underneath what may just be a, a bit. Was there, did you find anything sort of conclusive or what, was there even any sort of academic thought put into this idea? I think the hard part of it is that academia has very little to do with funny. 
Right. And so it there is a shit ton of academic thought and none of it's funny. And all <laughs> of it seems to step on. Like at the end of the day, none of those articles were as good as Big Mama's House, too. Do you know what I mean? Right, so right, it's right. like, what the fuck are we are we debating here? I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't be forced to wear dresses. Is this in theory some sort of like attempt to emasculate uh, black men? It's possible, but God damn, is Martin Lawrence killing in that wig? Yeah, I mean, who could remember? Who can? Who would forget Eddie Murphy's portrayal in the Clumps? I mean, just sure. every, everybody. Yeah, multiple dresses, multiple <laughs> women. It's it, you know, it's the tough call. <laughs> what What's the Kid Cudi dress thing? I just like randomly saw that cross the headlines. He wore a dress on SNL, and that was controversial for some reason. I think he wore the dress both. It, it was a weird cross-pollination of things in that he wore a dress that was patterned after Kurt, Kurt Cobain's right. dress that he wore in the 90s on SNL. Right. And then he also was like sort of making it a, a more feminine dress, I guess, was part of, I guess, where the controversy kicked in of like him mimicking Kurt Cobain, but also making it sort of like a sexier spaghetti strap type joint when Kurt Cobain's was a little more of a a schoolgirl type dress, I guess. Yeah. Right. Was, Kurt Cobain's fitted, was like more fitted by the zombie schoolgirl, I felt like was the vibe that Yeah. yeah. Kid Cuddy's looks just good. That's like a good a good dress. He, as, as the resident fashion expert here on <laughs> I will decree Hey, that's that a, a good dress, good dress. Cuddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is something, Langston, you think is overrated? Overrated. Oh, boy. Something that uh, that's super overrated. I, I had to put up a fucking canopy thing. My wife and I are, are having a child soon and oh, we're having a baby shower this weekend. And I was asked to help put up uh, a canopy-like structure for our backyards for this baby shower. And whatever company is responsible for that canopy is overrated. They should be ashamed <laughs> of themselves. It took us hours. It was very difficult. And I'll never forgive them for the amount of shame it brought to my household oh. as me and my wife, my pregnant wife, argued in our yard in front of our gardener who is helping with said construction. <laughs> So unwittingly, a third party had to be, have a front row seat to that screen fest. Not basically. just the third party, the uh, landscaper. He was there, and then his grandson, who he brought along <laughs> with him in support of that activity. He, oh, he brought man. him along, and then my wife kept being snarky about the fact that I wasn't screwing something in right. And then we argued in front of him, and I could tell the grandson didn't love what he was being wit forced to witness. Right, right, right. <laughs> was it one of those like shade sails, like one of those like little kind of you just have to attach it and keep it rigid and attach it to another point, or were you really? Is it some like a full on structure that you're? No, building? this was full on like a, a building. This was oh, Bob wow. the Builder level like construction, and Bob the that's, Builder level. <laughs> that's not what I do. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'm a silly yeah. Billy. Don't make me yeah. do physical labor. I'm the exact same way. I'm uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm I've, I'm learning skills over time on how to do things around the house. But I remember when one of the times I moved and my partner, we were just she was like, "Yo, we have to put these." fucking curtains in i almost fucking like like did the thing where i vanished for years i got so yeah. frustrated trying to drill something into like just to get curtain rods up and i was like 
I got to go like to the desert and like just get my shit right because I'm I think I'm about yeah. to give up on everything. Yeah, last we see, I get you, very you easily like frustrated. Wander off into the desert, muttering to yourself, and yeah, like yeah. fucking curtain rod. That's how I feel, <laughs> and at. that's the problem. We don't talk enough about how many deadbeat dads are probably running away from responsibilities, <laughs> not just the Ikea families furniture. themselves. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Unreasonable ass is the yeah. thing that may is going to make me go out for cigarettes. It's not the the people. I like the people. You guys are yeah. just asking for too much. It's just I don't want to struggle in front of y'all, in front of my family, because, you know, uh, gender norms dictate that I'm supposed to be good at this. So when I don't arrive at that, I have to have a reckoning with that. And because I'm not built to do that, I will just implode and run away. If my arms shake in front of my unborn child, I will abandon her. I cannot, (laughs) under any circumstances, let her see me quiver. So I'm going to go. Oh, man. So I'm 13 years married. And, like, I am at a point now where if I even suggest that I'm going to do the thing that we could, like, you know, hire someone on TaskRabbit or something to do, my wife is like, absolutely not. Like I yeah, asked, no. yeah, because I'm, but I've, I earned that by like putting <laughs> like, just like doing irreparable debt. Like I once tried to hang a door on oh, like no. at our old house and like it, I had to like sand half of like sand the bottom down and it was like crooked at the bottom. Like the thing, it was just a complete mess. And also like, I almost, you know, lost my mind. Like I, yeah. I, I almost just drove off into the wilderness yeah if the if the cia had to do like a psyop on me it would be to install a bunch of like home hardware things in a house and yeah. just, like <laughs> measuring and drilling and stuff because by the end of it i will be so broken that you could be like okay so now you're going to be um supporting trump in this next election like, okay so it sounds it like i just need to let myself slip into the darkness and then yeah. on the other side will be a bunch of people who now know not to go any further <laughs> i mean you might be more handy than me you know like i i have friends who like upon like starting this journey of dadhood or like you know being in a in a relationship and finding themselves uh responsible for various like tasks just like got good at them i was just completely hopeless to the point that <laughs> i just suggested that i replace like we got a new garbage disposal our last one jammed up and I was like, oh, I, I can probably do that. Like, I, I researched online. It seems easy. I'm like, the look of, like, panic on my wife's face when I said that was, <laughs> was just like, no. She's like, someone's already on the way, Jack. Yeah. Already on the way. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. Go. go. <laughs> Maybe that's what I have to do because I don't think I'm more handy than you are. I'm, I'm pretty incapable of doing most uh, uh, traditionally masculine things. And so I think maybe I just need to volunteer more often and then uh, (laughs) cause some destruction. I just had to start communicating. I said, look, I'm going to struggle with this and I'm not interested in like struggling to the point where like I'm going to lose my cool about it. Like and it's Mm -hmm. worth it, I think, for, for the sake of our relationship to pay somebody to do this work. So we oh can, no, I've tried that. I've tried oh. the com- <laughs> I've tried the communication, and it you doesn't it. seem to be having any effect. Oh uh, shit! Well, good luck to you. I'm bad at it all, including uh, like collecting tools, like creating a tool set. I have like four <laughs> hammers 
and then never like the <laughs> screwdriver that I need. Like I just like I'm like I can't find the hammer. Better go to the hardware store and buy it, and then like come home immediately find the hammer that I couldn't find before, but realize that I don't have like the screw. I'm just I'm like, hopeless, man. Jack has like a collection of like ball peen hammers. Like, <laughs> <fucking> useless. <laughs> yep. That's basically it. Got one of those giant, like, uh, two two sided saws that people used to use to like <laughs> chop down trees. Sure, uh, but but no Phillips head screwdriver, right? That I can ever find. Langston, what is something you think is underrated? Oh, this is exciting. So my mother in law moved in with us, and she's the one that bought that goddamn uh, canopy thing. So <laughs> you know, everybody's responsible for my frustrations. But one of the things that she has added in a beautiful way to this home is uh reasons candy you guys know reasons yes they're sort of like if you put a tootsie roll inside of uh inside of actual chocolate like better chocolate and those motherfuckers are good and i don't like tootsie rolls i'm i'm sort of like indifferent about tootsie rolls but goddamn are reasons hitting the spot and she keeps a jar full of them in the in the kitchen every day so i'm papa's loving what's happening here Wow. R I E S E N. Yeah. Is okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not big on Tootsie Rolls, but I do believe I've had like some of those. And the adding chocolate to the Tootsie Roll like ma- makes it yeah. work. Helps you Rip- get through it. Because I'm the same. Tootsie Rolls just feel like fucking imitation chocolate. Like it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. That, that's like, I see what you're trying to do, Tootsie Roll, but it's you're not doing it. And I get there is a certain group of depraved people who will appreciate that. But I think the chocolate coating <laughs> on the reason helps sort of cover the rest of the, the candy you're eating. So you do have at least you get that hit of choc- real chocolate it's as a, you power through the rest. It's a touch of class. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just a little bit of class yeah. that you've added to this otherwise uh, filthy little candy uh, <laughs> that you've served me. So I, I like it. I like what's happening. Yeah. That's cool that you, uh, the your mother-in-law is living with you guys. That's going to become so helpful once you once you have this the baby from, from the same people who brought yeah. us Werther's. <laughs> oh, is it? No, it is. Yeah, it's the same German wow. company. Okay, that makes sense. Not a joke. I, I feel <laughs> like the the bags are very uh, the like writing seems similar. Like the energy of it all. Yeah, right. Because it's like this isn't for children. You yeah, this is marketed know. towards this is marketed towards the the mature. Uh, it's not there's they're not having like cartoons cartoon owls and shit on this no, hell it, no. it's all yeah about, fuck that it's all about a nice strong sturdy font and like some browns and yellows and yeah it feels like know. uh if they saw owl like licking a reason they'd shoot it you know <laughs> yeah yeah I mean? absolutely right <laughs> mounted above their uh reading yeah. Den. yeah oh that's the the reason logo is the <laughs> the owl from the tootsie pop commercial just stuffed and mounted <laughs> Just taxidermied and and sitting on a mantle. I love it. I feel I the one Tootsie Roll that I don't mind is the fruit flavored Tootsie Roll because mm. I think that's my issue with Tootsie Rolls is that they are fruit candies that are cho- like I'm I'm good. I love Starburst. I love a fruity right. chewy yeah, candy fruities. like high a chews. chocolate chewy. Yeah, high chews exactly. But a chocolate chewy doesn't work for me. But then every once in a while, you'll get the like lemon Tootsie Roll or the uh, cherry. I think there is. Never had and those. Those are pretty. Miles has never had them. Yeah. Wow. Huh. I think there's just. I think I just got too like. 
I don't know. As a kid, I really was like rigid about the candy I ate because like I wasn't just all about the sugar. I was like, I have really specific think tastes and the Tootsie Rolls. Like I remember as a kid, I don't know if you had like a bucket of your Halloween candy that just sort of. Oh, hell yeah. Sort of ebbed and flowed over the years because you'd get through that first week post Halloween and then you're sort of left with all the waste candy that you you weren't as into. And then the next year comes around, you like add to it. And that was always just weird Tootsie Roll stuff and like weird chewy shit. Yeah, yeah. I I love Fruities. I, I think you're you're spot on with that. And I do also I had that bucket, but it wasn't it wasn't so much Tootsie Rolls as it was Tootsie Pops that mm. that ended up being the the leftovers for Do you us. like dum dums? I did fuck with dum dums. Yeah. I certain flavors. You know, yeah. you you a pina colada, gotta love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. uh sour mm-hmm. apple. That's the mm-hmm. best. But then you get some weird ones like fucking great. We're and it's here. like, come on, dum-dum. You know yeah. this isn't what you do well. <laughs> come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> come on, dum-dum. <laughs> the degree to which big banking and dentistry like propped up the dum-dum uh, industry for so mm-hmm. long was like that. They, there's just something about the fact that you would get that when you were a kid that like really gave them a Yeah, what happened? I feel like I that could, trust that's it. worth investigating. Like, were they lobbying like the banking associations to be like, this is what you need to have in all your banks. This will be in all of your administrative buildings. Like that's a, that's a fucking contract. Yeah. I feel like the Koch brothers knew about like pork (laughs) belly and dumb dumbs. You know what I mean? Like there, there's some sinister shit happening with the dumb, dumb community. Yeah. Exactly. We need to look into the Spangler candy company. (laughs) I'm saying it here. That sounds evil. Koch brothers had a part of my childhood. They made yeah. Dixie cups. Coke Brothers made Dixie cups. Yep. Oh yeah, and like brawny paper. They're in all kinds of paper goods. You'd God be surprised damn. what uh, how much money you might be giving the the Coke Bros. I guess that makes sense. I never knew how, and one of them's dead, so we got one more to go. But uh, <laughs> I never knew how much the Coke. I I never knew how they got their money, but that makes sense. They weren't just uh, born wealthy. They probably sold some shit. Oh, no, they were born wealthy, wealthy. too. Uh, (laughs) Come on, wait, hold on. They're always born wealthy. Well, I said just born wealthy. (laughs) In addition to to the oil wealth that they uh, had from their father selling oil to the Nazis. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So they're evil, legacy evil through and through to an almost impressive degree. Well, it's like Michael Jordan always says, Nazi need need oil, too. Yeah. <laughs> Nazis buy oil, too. <laughs> oh, uh, turn Panzer tanks, you need gasoline, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And let's talk about the latest crisis at the border currently being manufactured by Republicans. Yeah, it's it's their favorite thing to do. If you feel like you need to get the base, your nativist, xenophobic, racist base going, there's no better thing to do than create a spectacle at the border. And, you know, right now, Biden is, you know, grappling with his own immigration policy, like one where like on paper, it looks more humane. But when you really dig in, you're like, how do you actually get asylum, though? Because this looks hard, even though when you the rules seem more humane, it seems like the getting access to that seems very difficult. So how does this work, sir? Yeah. But all that aside, 
they're right now the Republicans are really they're, they're going to their trusty border thing since the catch all boogeyman to just start be, saying like, you know, again, when the Republicans are in power, they use crises at the border to justify their inhumane treatment of, of people who are seeking asylum or just a better life. When Democrats are in power, it's suddenly they use the border to be like, Joe Biden is 69ing with the fentanyl dealers of MS-13. <laughs> and that's why our kids are overdosing. And this is where they're at right now. On the trending episode, we talked about how the governor of South Dakota, Kristi Noem, sent 50 National Guardsmen to the border to help, quote unquote, the Texas government because the narrative is like, the federal government's nowhere to be seen. What do we do? And we just found out that this whole stunt from Kristi Noem was being funded by a huge GOP donor. We saw that when everyone said, how is this working? Like, how are you moving these troops? It said through a private donation. That private donation comes from a wealthy, like a millionaire junkyard owner from Tennessee. Um, and that's 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 what we have now. And now, meanwhile, Ron DeSantis is also wanting to show how dumb he can be and ignore the facts <laughs> of an issue. And now he's sending his own people because he can't get out trumped by Christy Nome. He's sending 50 officers from Fish and Wildlife Conservation, Highway Patrol and the Department of Law Enforcement. Hell yeah. I love the sending the fish people. Yeah, yeah, go send the fish people to shoot Mexicans. <laughs> this is all going to work out perfectly for everybody. I love <laughs> that it's a billionaire junkyard owner. Like they're just, they <laughs> are crushing in the, the junkyard business. <laughs> they're in the business of Mad Max, like Thunderdome. Like they're just like, get us there. Uh, right. That's that's where we thrive. Master blast. Post-apocalyptic wasteland. <laughs> I don't I, I don't understand. You said North Dakota, South Dakota, which South Dakota, South Dakota. So in my mind, and maybe I'm an ignorant person, I'm absolutely an ignorant person. But one of the things that that at least seems logical to me is if I'm the the governor of South Dakota, I would want more states to get fucked up so that people could come to South Dakota. Like, it's not like <laughs> Americans want to go. So, right, like, right. make make everything else get even. And then suddenly South Dakota looks like a better option. Why are you competing to keep Texas safe, you idiot? <laughs> oh, just let it tank and then be like, hey, you just know, let it tank. We have, you know, if you want to talk about mistreatment of indigenous people, check out South Dakota. Yeah. Come on through. <laughs> you're going to love it here. We've got but our yeah, own brown thing going on up here and uh, you're, you got to try it. This thing. So the, the the wacky thing about this shit, too, is they're saying you know, they're sending all these people, law enforcement, National Guardsmen. And more than anything, on every time there's a press release about this, they all say, for operational security, we will not say the exact number of people, the units involved, where they're going to be or what their mission is. So a lot of people are like, yeah, wait, hold on. What the fuck are they going to do exactly down there? Like, right. because, you know, there's a lot of border to cover and of sending 100 people. Are they each covering 180 miles a person that they're going to just be looking at on their own? So when they were asked specifically when they asked the governor's office of Florida, like what they were going to be doing, a spokesman said, quote, we aren't enforcing em immigration laws, end quote. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then they say, quote, officers will be investigating criminal activity associated with human smuggling, drugs and weapon smuggling. This is why we aren't able to provide specific details on numbers and locations so they can make sure. Like, I think one of the people said bad guys. So the bad guys don't know what right. we're, like, where we're like going to be operating it's i think when you start looking at the reason you're like it's it's all nothing it's all fucking yeah. vaporware 
Yeah. It's all just a spectacle. The further you get from, like, they, they've found in, in studies that, like, the politics around the border, like, in border towns, are much less hardline than they are, like, when you get further inland. And, like, that keeps going all the fucking way up to South Dakota. Right. Like, where right. it's just, like, they don't, they don't know any immigrate, immigrants. So, like, they, it doesn't fucking bother them to just treat them like, quote, bad guys from, from movies, you know? Yeah, right. and I think if you add in the language of criminals and bad guys and, yeah. and, and all these suggestions of drug and rape, then you start to make associations that satisfy the need either way. Like, I don't want drugs in my community. I don't want rapists near my family. So, like, yeah, go get them if that's that's what you need to do. Right, right. Ugh. And that's uh, what they're doing to get everybody. It's it's And more governors or, like, Republican governors, you're seeing them start to posture, too, because this is starting to look like some kind of, like, litmus test for if you can run for president in 2024 or basically how still tied to Trump's sort of agenda or perception of immigration you are. And yeah, so everyone's saying like, well, we have to support every governor should be supporting our country, blah, blah, blah. But again, daddy's always watching. You got to make daddy happy. Yeah. And for a, a dad who look at his own kids, this daddy will never give you the satisfaction no. of a, of telling you good job or tussling your toupee. It's not going to happen. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, let's let's talk about Trump real quick. Earlier in the week, his defense attorneys were basically saying they're not going to charge the former president. So you guys can move along. Nothing to see here. It seems like there is a massive yet at the end of that uh, statement because they are going to charge his CFO, Alan Weisselberg, who I mean, Alan, they say Alan Weisselberg is like the eyes and ears of the Trump organization. So and because he's CFO, that means he knows a lot about the weird tax stuff, you know, specifically this a lot of it dealing with like compensation and how taxes were paid, because it seems like people just got like apartments or cars and things like that as part of their compensation packages as a way to avoid paying taxes. And this is sort of one of the lines of inquiry that prosecutors are going down. But I think, yeah, the whole thing was always saying, well, what's going to happen? Because he was never cooperating. And everyone was saying, well, charge him, then see what happens. Because usually people start singing a different tune when their freedom is on the line. And I think that's why a lot of people are saying, maybe now we're looking at something real for Donald Trump, because there's someone directly in the Trump org who is now on the hook. It's also yeah. fun that Weiselberg looks exactly like the accountant from The Untouchables who allows Elliot Ness <laughs> to take down Capone. Like, he looks like he's in costume as that dude sure it, listen you you gravitate towards the things that uh feel familiar and it, i imagine <laughs> through uh years of media being a, a scumbaggy <laughs> uh head of an organization is probably the thing that he was like that looks like me i'm gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> that's like yeah that's like there's a soccer player who said one time someone told him he looked like andy garcia and he said from that day all of his style has been to look like Andy Garcia. And it feels like just like one of those things where, yeah, Weisselberg, he's like, I'm going to, maybe this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, this feels like a good, a vibe for me to to ride in. Yeah, he's sitting right in that pocket. He's like, I, look, I'm the Andy Garcia of, uh, of shitty guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
I I will if somebody tells me they like a shirt, especially if like somebody a woman tells me they like my shirt, I'll wear that shirt probably like five times that week. Uh, <laughs> I, just... I I will say in college, and I've told this story before. My my facial hair grows in patchy as shit, and I had it overgrown once. And I remember hearing the like one one woman said, "Oh no, I think it's like it makes me interested. Like, oh, what's going on with him?" And I never mm. gave a fuck again until my partner now, Her Majesty, was like, no, this, this, that looks like shit. Like, you should be shaving <laughs> it. I was like, fuck, really? Fuck. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> she took something beautiful from you. You were like, yeah. yo, this is my power. And then but I like, still nah, lean into it. I, in my mind, that person's voice is still there. Being like, don't listen to her, baby. It's trippy. It, it makes yeah. you interesting. Like, maybe mm. he's an out-of-work pirate. Maybe this person I'm planning to lay with for the rest of my life is wrong. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. That yeah. one lady I met that one time is correct. <laughs> yeah. Forget all the growth I've experienced with my current partner. This <laughs> one thing, she's not going to meet me on my facial hair. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about another investigation. Nancy Pelosi is planning to go forward with a January 6th commission on, you know, the attacks on the Capitol building from January 6th without the GOP. Who knows how she's going to do it because they've been so cooperative up to this point. But that's that's where we're headed. This is, uh, you know, we might actually find out something. Yeah. I mean, I think most people on Earth laughed at the idea of Republicans participating in an investigation about January 6th because it feels like it would amount to just snitching on themselves. Mm-hmm. But now Nancy's like, you know, she's she's like, fuck it. We got to do this. The, 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 the fucking approval ratings for Congress are like subterranean at this point because everyone's like, y'all don't do anything and yeah. you're too scared to do shit. Fuck out of here. So on Monday, unveil, unveiled a resolution, 13 member select committee that she will be choosing the members, eight Democrats and five Republicans that she will consult with minority leader Kevin McCarthy on who those five Republicans will be. It's only consult, though. She can fucking say, like, no to anything. Like, she has final right. say in the end. So despite what you heard from majorly tainted goon, or I'm sorry, Marjorie Taylor Greene, <laughs> saying that she wants to be part of the the committee, that's, that's not going to happen because Pelosi's going to determine who wants to. And again, we don't even know if any Republicans are going to want to cooperate. I guess the, the thing I'm struggling with, and this is a genuine question, albeit a pointed one, What's the point? Do you know what I mean? Like, what mm-hmm. what is the end goal of all of this? Like, where does this investigation lead us? Because at the end of the day, we do, in fact, know that this was like an orchestrated thing. And I know mm-hmm. like that's, you know, obviously they need definitive proof to say that this was an orchestrated thing. But we we fucking know it already. And they're right. aware of all the parties involved, the fucking tweets and Uh, misbehaviors are all documented. And so is this investigation just to get us in a, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Another one of those weird like situations where we prove it and then they go, yeah, we can't do anything about it though. Anyway, bye. Then it's like, I don't know, move on, bro. I mean, I think until we can actually have a real reckoning with like white supremacy, there's nothing shit going to happen with this, this thing, because they're protected by their whiteness. You know, there, you see how, again, we saw the, discrepancy and the differences and how these people were treated by law enforcement and even the fact that you have sitting members who are possibly involved yeah it does feel like it will just get to a point where all of these things will be seen 
But because there's this, you know, there's not a lot of appetite, I think, from the actual people in Congress themselves to, you know, get these people out or hold them accountable. It'll just be like, well, the thing is, hopefully the voters see this and then they'll do some. It's like, well, that's no. Then well, then how are how are we actually protect? That's when you start feeling the sort of cynicism about this, just like the like illusory aspects of like what this investigation could be. And the voters saw the videos. You know what I mean? Like once you've right. seen the videos, you kind of know what January 6th was all about. And if if that wasn't a deterrent for you to uh, reconsider the way that you you vote on things, then this fucking investigation with a bunch of people being like, I felt sad that day because I had to hide is not going to solve the problem. Right. Yeah. And you look at, you know, what happened in the buildup to this. Pelosi was giving away a lot of power to get the Republicans to be on board for this fucking bipartisan committee. And she put just so they would come to the table. And it was absurd that like they I mean, again, if they were really interested in fucking up this investigation, they should have took this deal that or, you know, what was being offered by Pelosi in that Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy would have been able to pick anyone to Mm -hmm. put on this committee. They also would have had veto power over things like fucking subpoenas. And not only that, they were also agreed to have this investigation wrapped up before the midterm cycle. So because they have said they've refused all that, all of that's gone. And now we're looking at a thing where, yeah, maybe we will get a more aggressive investigation. But again, it's like one of those things where it just feels like, aren't there like, is, can't we, isn't there some real way to adjudicate this and bring justice or, or we're all, we're all just having a good time and a laugh because we don't know how to deal with this kind of rage in the country. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, obviously, there's some big news we're not talking about. We talked about it on yesterday's trending, but, you know, Cosby getting out, Donald Rumsfeld shuffling off this mortal coil. <laughs> Peace. Deuces. When God closes a window, he opens a <laughs> jail yeah. cell. I Real think. roller coaster ride yesterday. <laughs> but instead of talking about that, uh, like I said, we talked about that. If you want to hear us talk about that, we talked about it on yesterday's trending. But we're going to talk about a series of silly fuck ups, starting with Andrew Giuliani, the the human embodiment of silly fuck up. He is the son of Rudy. He is just charisma embodied, right? Yeah. <laughs> he has the he's the prodigal son. He's the political fucking maven. He's the goat. He, as he said himself, his political career has spanned five decades, even though he's in his 30s. Dang. Because he counts every decade that he has been alive in as being part of his political career. I love that. And that's why he said, hey, that's why you should vote for me for governor of New York. And so recently there was a secret ballot that was just for like that was distributed for like a straw poll for GOP Republican leaders in the state just to see where the support was. And of all of the candidates there, Andrew Giuliani, I mean, he got no support. Abstain got more support than he did as an option on this straw poll. So he came in with a whopping zero percent. And now he's gone on to say, like, 
Oh, like, you know, uh, he actually said, according to my own internal poll I've done, I'm doing great. <laughs> he really said that shit. So, you know, nepotism is a hell of a drug. I, I will say, and I said this to somebody uh, very recently, I do think we're putting ourselves in a pretty dangerous place with an Andrew Giuliani in that the more that the Internet makes him a bit, the more likely it becomes that he actually does start to do numbers. Like, right. I think we forget that Trump literally announced his campaign on a Comedy Central roast. It mm -hmm. wasn't this dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's <laughs> yeah. long been sort of like a gimmick. And then at some point, that gimmick got taken seriously by some, and that tricked other people into taking it seriously in a much more dramatic way. And I don't think Andrew Giuliani, while uh, completely ridiculous and seemingly non-threatening in the grand scheme of things, is actually as uh, innocuous as, as it may seem. Yeah. Especially with his energy and takes around covid and things like that because yeah. the more mainstream his ideas like i have an immune system is like well don't give people i mean there are enough people thinking that shit but don't start don't let a governor or someone who's holding office hit you with that i have a immune system shit because we yeah. have enough of those. i feel like maybe if he added a decade to like the span of his political career maybe going back to when his dad started fucking around on his first wife like that would be if he counted that because that is eventually what led to his political career starting sure like maybe maybe that will get him the the respect that he deserves yeah yeah yeah. he spent years sort of trying to uh politicize his dad's pussy eating and now <laughs> here he is <laughs> trying to fix the pussy eating in this country i like that right. yeah all right let's talk about that lady that caused the tour de france crash she was apparently a fugitive. Like there, there is a Mr. Bean movie in, right? Like probably like a documentary if if there were cameras around. But she was a fugitive for three days from from the law. I hadn't seen this video until this morning. But oh, Lincoln, what, have uh, you seen the video? I have not. What did she do? <laughs> if you just search Tour de France crash, okay. Because I, I want you to be able to see this to talk about because it's this woman was holding a sign to get on camera and she fucked up the entire Peloton and, every, and caused like a 20 person crash. Whoa. And her pose before she knocks the entire Tour de France down is embarrassing. Like her, she's <laughs> posing in an embarrassing way and then knocks she, the entire like field of riders down. And it like the second she is struck by the rider, she like gives a cartoonish like ooh, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> her shit, so her like whole upper body whipped around, yeah, because she's like a fucking. Oh, come on, it's a road race, and you're stepping into the road with your elbows out, holding a long cardboard sign that says like "Let's go, Grandma and Grandpa," right. and yeah, she struck this one rider. And created an entire fucking chain reaction where dozens of participants that were in the Tour de France, they just went down to the point where after that, one of the like the head organizer of the thing is like, we're going to sue her for that mm -hmm. shit. Whoa. But it's also like brought into it. A lot of riders have also like this has kind of been a talking point amongst the riders is like around safety around the course, too, because it's like, well, come on, like 
you got a race that is this important, but some idiot with with cardboard sign and a dream to be on TV could completely upend the entire race. I mean, luckily, no one was like super seriously injured, but there was one guy who had to uh, like like pull out of the Tour de France altogether because he got, you know, ran over by a bunch of other bikes. Holy shit. And so she's rooting for her grandparents, but they're not in the race. (laughs) I know. That's what I was so confused about. Exactly. That's why it's like one of these weird, I'm going to chalk it up to people being indoors too long. And now they're like, this is my chance to get some attention and get out there and just be in the middle of a road, like just cheesing on camera and just destroying the race for people. Yeah, but, you know, and this is going to be a controversial take, but Mm -hmm. I do think at some point we just have to start like somebody should shoot her legs. You know what I mean? Like, treat her like we treat horses when they do not the thing that, like, if a horse runs and then he injures himself, we put the horse down. And this is a brain injury. If you go to another person's race and think that holding up a sign for your grandparents is a reasonable decision. So we should shoot her in the legs or or the arm, her her marker writing arm. You know what I mean? Just something. (laughs) punitive should happen that makes it clear for her in the future should you do this we're gonna take out your other uh appendages yeah yeah i like yeah i mean well so then what would we do in the like so this is one version but it ri- reminds me of steve bartman the chicago cubs fan mm-hmm. that you know who really really had it bad and because this woman apparently had a similar bartman-esque like fleeing thing where she oh, knocked no. the she knocked the people out she was like oh shit and everyone's like the fuck are you doing and she ditched her sign and like vanished yeah okay and that's why she's on the run for three days because she's like i'm oh fuck that like i'm not i'm not facing this but there's something there's just a steve bartman quality that i love too which is someone who probably wanted to be there in the name of you know good you know kind competition and be part of it just ended up becoming the focal point and like just the lightning rod for people's hatred. Right. Like a very specific, very weird energy in her split second on the global stage. Like her, the pose she's doing while she's, and the sign itself, Langston, like you were saying, go grandma and grandpa is just a weird thing to be saying on the sign. And she's like striking this weird pose like Bartman who was wearing a turtleneck and headphones, like listening to the game when he completely fucked up the Cubs chance at uh, making it to the World Series that season. And all I'm saying is if we shoot her in the legs or in her her hand or whatever it is that feels most appropriate for her decision, then she no longer is public enemy number one because something punitive happened that feels satisfying for everybody involved. If right. I fell off my bike, I'm cool because her legs got shot. If right. I, if my favorite <laughs> racer lost the race because this lady got in the way, it's fine because she got a bullet in her legs. It's it's the <laughs> easiest solution, and we need yeah. to consider it. How did you? You're from Illinois, right? Chicago area. Yeah, I'm from right outside Chicago. Okay. Did, how did, did did you have feelings around the Steve Bartman? I mean, not that you probably. I don't know if you give a fuck about the Cubs or not, but what was that? Was there a feeling? locally about it or uh, nothing nothing. i'm from i i don't care about baseball and uh if i had to pick i would pick the white Sox just because that's more of like the working class team in Mm -hmm. chicago whereas like the cubs is a lot of like 
transplants and uh, people who uh, just need a reason to get drunk and ruin the city. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't feel anything about uh, Steve Bartman, but that's not a good answer for your podcast. So I hate him. (laughs) I think he's the worst. He ruined my family. (laughs) My father and I don't speak anymore because of Steve. (laughs) I'll never forgive him. (laughs) I think he lives in Arizona or some shit now. Yeah, they tracked him down and he was basically in like a lifelong witness protection program. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, because there's nothing that's less reasonable than a drunk white guy who's a sports fan. Like they they were not they weren't like, well, let's think about his feelings. And like he probably he just seems like an awkward dude. Right. I think they went hard. He him. just really wanted that baseball and it uh, really yeah. ruined a lot of people's hopes and dreams. Right. Yeah. Oh, just side note. Steve Bartman got a World Series ring when they won in 2016. That's, uh, that's how his arc ended. That's kind of cute. Tom there, Ricketts, but... the owner, gifted him with it. He said, well, no gesture can fully lift the public burden he has endured for more than a decade. <laughs> We felt it was important. Steve knows he has been and continues to be fully embraced by this organization. After all, he has sacrificed. We are proud to recognize Steve Bartman with this gift. Whoa. So they were like, yo, we beat your ass so bad that you deserve a diamond ring from the (laughs) Cubs organization. Because you had to leave your town and hide for decades. Fuck. I'm sorry. I also want to say, like... His thing was a split-second decision. Baseball's in front of you. You reach out and grab for it. Mm-hmm. You can't fully blame him. A, a lot of the anger towards him was based on the fact that he had such a specific look that like, it's still a good Halloween costume. Yeah. Whereas this right. woman was, put, was set up like in the path and right. frozen like ready for her close-up type shit when she knocked over. Your grandma and your grandpa don't contribute to this (laughs) race or this organization in any way. If you're proud of them, go visit them. Go see them where they live. I'm sure that those old fucks would happily spend time with you well before they want to watch a fucking bike race just in case your sign makes it on TV. Right. Right. Yeah. And also with Bartman, too. Well, let's not forget Alex Gonzalez. He actually made a terrible error in that game. But people people forget that more than they do to hate on the dude with the turtleneck, which I get optically like you're going to be like, nah, nah, fuck that dude in the turtleneck. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that I wake up every morning and I say that out loud and I don't care about <laughs> Steve Bartman at all. I just wake up like, good morning, fuck that dude in the turtleneck. <laughs> all right, let's talk Clifford. This is, as you will soon learn, maybe not, maybe this is just my unfortunate luck that somebody bought my kids a compendium, a series of Clifford the Big Red Dog books when we first had them. And so... Clifford the Big Red Dog has been in our household for a number of years now. They are very stupid books. Like for (laughs) children's books, children's books are, have gotten like much better. Like the modern children's books are good. There's actually a market where people have to compete and talented writers and artists are competing with one another to make the best children's book. That was not true when Clifford the Big Red Dog was brought into existence. Sure. 
Like that, there's a series of children's books. Like Goodnight Moon nailed it. Goodnight Moon is a work of art, like mm-hmm. very well done. That was early on. But there's also these books like Pat the Cat and Pat the Puppy that are just like, this is Neddy. He has a dog. He likes to pet the dog. And it's just like real, real dumb. And also the art is like, could have been drawn by me. And Clifford is like similar. It's a little bit above Pat the Cat, but it like the people are not inspired by their own premise. You can tell like they're phoning it in a little bit. Right. <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know. Let's have me eat a big pile of dog food. I, who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah. Does Clifford ever just uh, like fuck shit up? You know what I mean? Like, you're a big red dog. I would yeah. assume, like, you got to be knocking over some fire stations and then a he family people... burns to death. <laughs> right, you know, right. like, nobody ever dies, but it's like, it's more woman knocking over the uh, Tour de France level hijinks. Not nobody, oh. nobody is killed, but it's, you also get the sense that, like, it's a miracle that nobody's ever killed. So he, Clifford just really wants the attention of his grandparents and then he right. shows up places and fucks. Okay, I get you. It's a, it is a public health atrocity that he's allowed to just roam free in the community that he's allowed to roam free in. But it is a small town. He like goes around and like, you know, will pick up a tr- like rip a tree out of the ground and want to play fetch with it and stuff like that in the, yeah, in the book. In this in this movie, uh, he's a puppy still, so he's only like the size of an elephant. He's not mm. the size of the dinosaur like in the books. He lives in Manhattan though. Oh boy! And that's a a target rich environment yeah. for a dog. Like puppies will chew up anything. Um, <laughs> puppies will chew up anything. And there's you know there's a there's a scene in the trailer where he swallows a pug. And then for yeah, it, pukes like, it out, yeah. J- well, coughs it up, which oh. is just like a miracle of you know, whoa, ju- just chance that he a- that it doesn't agree with him because he would have swallowed that shit. Puppies eat and swallow everything, and then you have to like get it out of their digestive tract. Wait, but, did uh, did he swallow this pug with the intention of eating the pug, or was this like the pug was running and he? Ran he's into his mouth it. by accident. He's licking the pug in a lovable way, and oh, then oh. whoops, swallowed it. Which is just a classic gag of a family losing their dog to a bigger <laughs> dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. but it's whimsical, and it's a big red puppy that looks like Satan's <laughs> fucking pet. Right. Yeah. This is w- the other part is like they showed in the the trailer. There's like a person in one of those big inflatable bubble things that you can like you know run around in and knock into people. Right. And then Clifford thinks that's a toy. And even, I get it, this is whimsical. This fucking dog throws this dude in the bubble so high up. I'm like, dude, this person's dead. I don't care right. what kind of fucking bubble you're in. And that's like, I, they need to play this a little more real. Like yeah. all the financial liability, the fucking trail of bodies that's left behind Clifford. It's, I think I, I would honestly watch that version more than this. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was that guy who went down a mountain in one of those bubble things or like went like down some ski slope and then he accidentally went off the side of a mountain and like died because like it it was like I think it was like a thing that was set up for people to do this like down a ski slope. Red Bull presents. Yeah, exactly. This guy's unfortunate death. 
Yeah. yeah, a fucking dude like went over the side of a mountain in that bubble thing and died real, real silly. And so, yeah, <laughs> to your point, Clifford should do the same. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he yeah. should murder people, fun and silly. Yeah. 27-year-old Dennis Borakov was with friends at the Dombai Ski Resort, where they frequently went snowboarding on January 3rd. We decided to take a ride in a Zorb, and he Zorb. went off a cliff. Got a love video Zorb. taken on his phone by one of his friends shows the two men being fitted in the harnesses inside the Zorb, and then they go, oh, damn, that's that's a shame. Yeah, it's a sad <laughs> story. That's, yeah. Yeah. And in my mind, in your mind, I hope you're not in the thing where you're like, man, I'm in a Zorb. I'm good. No matter what. Even if I went off it, I, hey, no better place to be than a Zorb when you fly <laughs> off the side of a cliff. You're just in a literal inflatable, you know, bubble wrap. Oh, I mean, boy. in that moment, you you have to assume that is what, you know, as you're falling to your death, you probably do have that moment of like, maybe the Zorb will stop this. <laughs> oh, and... yeah. That moment, you're like, please, Zorb. Hold steady, <laughs> Zorb. <laughs> Yeah, there, it's also surprisingly common for people to be in a bounce house that gets blown away by wind. Oh, yeah. And that's like a surprisingly common way way to go. So, yeah, you're, you're not protected by Zorbs, by bounce houses, and this dog would kill you. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Yeah. I wonder what's the, yeah, what's what do you think the rate is for Zorb, like annual Zorb deaths and bounce houses that fly away? I bet it's yeah. like 15 right like more than sharks yeah i bet it's it's like uh shark level like murders are a little above sharks yeah they say uh let's see for people wind-related accidents with bouncy houses 10 deaths in the last 15 years oh okay not bad okay more common than i would have expected more dangerous fine yeah (laughs) Now I'm not going to be get to be that annoying uncle. Be like, hey, you know, this is more dangerous than a shark attack, right? <laughs> and now I'm like, uh, check the numbers on that again. Uh, sorry, old school. That's not true. <laughs> there does seem to be a uh, dining trend among sharks where they, like, eat people doing silly stuff. Like, the, a shark just, like, tried to eat somebody who was parasailing. That There was a kite surfer who was attacked by a pod of sharks and killed I would I would be interested to see if that oh if there's some crossover yeah like, if we got uh, any Zorb attacks of uh, sharks on Zorb a little Kong versus Godzilla type right uh, yeah yeah I like that Oof. well Langston That's a good IP uh we'll, we will look into that before you're on next but uh, this has been such a pleasure having you where can people find you and follow you oh they can uh, and I've had a pleasure as well gentlemen. They can find me at uh, Langston Kerman on all platforms, Twitter and Instagram. Please don't try to find me on Facebook. I'm off of that toxic uh, thing for the time being, I think. And uh, you can always listen to my podcast. It's called My Mama Told Me. It's on uh, iHeart and Big Money Players. And uh, I get to talk a lot of shit about conspiracy theories with black people. It's a good time. Great show. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. So uh, recently, a, an extremely old tweet from Shaq and a tweet from 09 uh, <laughs> resurfaced on my timeline from from Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal himself. And he writes, and this is all uh, I want to step it out just so you guys understand how funny this is. He writes, D's nuts, comma, aha, got y'all. If you fell for that, come on now. LOL, L- LMFAO. Aha, 
Got you all. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Shaq. Uh, Why? Shaq got drunk. And we give this man millions and millions of dollars in endorsement money and television time every mm-hmm. year. All because he had big feet in 92. Uh, and he's playing D's nuts on Twitter. You did get me, though, on that. I have he, to admit. Listen, he got us all. Yeah. Jack, he got D's us all. D's nuts. Ha ha. Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoa, dog. Uh, you didn't even give me a chance to react. <laughs> this is, is that the setup and the punchline is the same thing? If you if you get to write down D's nuts, you you win. Sorry. Miles, where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Gray. Uh, also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. We're talking 90 Day. Hi. And uh, some t- tweets I like. Past guest, Melissa Stetton, at Melissa Stetton. She tweets, if you love injuries, you'll love the NBA. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so true. Everybody's going down. God oh, damn, man, Giannis. the Giannis' knee thing oh, freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Also, Marcella Arguello, past guest, uh, she just sort of quote tweeted another thing, but I just like, I like her setup to this really good tweet. She said, this joke is so perfectly written that I actually hate it. And it's a tweet from Zach Vile at Zach V, V-E-E, tweeting, Brad Pitt was married to Jennifer Aniston. Now he's dating a woman half his age. This dude went from Gen A to Gen Z. Wow. All right. All right. Real easy. Real, real good construction. Better than that. Actually, man, that's up there with these nuts. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Stupid. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A couple things I've been enjoying on Twitter. PFT commenter tweeted, every TV in America should automatically cut away to any Shohei Otani at bat like a weather alert. Mm. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Uh, this dude is just nonstop every day. The new home run, new successful outing on the on the mound. And somebody tweeted a picture of a Chuck E. Cheese where Chuck E. Cheese is sitting in black and white in an old Chuck E. Cheese and there is a Confederate flag on the wall and they tweeted Chuck E. Cheese used to fly the Confederate flag and Fund Abortions Not Police tweeted Robert Entertainment Lee. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Oh, no. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song we think you might enjoy in Miles. What song do we suggest people check out today? Uh, this is going to be a track. Uh, let's go to Brazil from this uh, artist, Gal Costa, G-A-L-C-O-S-T-A. And the track is called Pontos de Luz. And it is a, a track I've heard sampled a lot by of, of one of my favorite producers, Sango. And it's just got this nice, you know, throwback 70s Brazilian funk feel to it. So, yeah, this this should be something that you all should enjoy as well. All right. Well, go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. 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 